Welcome to Pushing the Limits, the show that helps you reach your full potential with your host, Lisa Tarmati, brought to you by lisatarmati.com. Welcome back to Pushing the Limits this week, everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic December. Can't believe we're already here. Christmas is just around the corner. Um, I have an interview today with Neil Wagstaff. He's a repeat offender on this show, and I love having my business partner and my coach, exercise science man, Neil Wagstaff, with me. And we're going to be talking resilience and stress, how to control stress, how to understand what it's doing to your body, uh, and some of the techniques and, and things that you can do to, to cope with stress. Um, and I really hope you get benefit from this episode. It's a, it's an, it's an ongoing theme, you know, like we, we, we have lots of stress in our lives generally. Um, we live in stressful environments. We've got families and financials and sicknesses and illnesses and all sorts of things that we have to deal with on a daily basis. So here's some really good advice and tips around managing stress and being resilient. Um, Just before we head over to the show, please give the show a rating and review if you enjoy it and make sure you share it with your friends and family. And if you're looking for stocking fillers, make sure you head over to my shop on lisatamati.com, my website. Uh, You can check out my fierce jewelry collection there. You can check out my books And of course, if you are having trouble with uh, any sort of health issues or you've got a big goal or you want to deal with some mindset issues, I am taking on a very, very small number. I've pretty much met the quota, but I've got a couple more spots left. If you want to work one-on-one with me, reach out uh, to lisa at lisatarmity.com and I can send you information about my health optimization coaching. Okay, now over to the show with Neil Wagstaff. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome back to Pushing the Limits this week. Today, I have my wingman, Neil Wagstaff, with us again. My gosh, you're coming on the show a lot now, Neil. You're making making me feel really popular, mate. I love it. (laughs) It's really good to have you here because uh, you just got so much knowledge, and it's just fantastic being able to share all your knowledge with everyone out in podcast land. So if you're a new listener to the show, thanks for dropping by. And if you're a returning listener, thanks very much for coming back again, and please don't forget to give us a rating and review. Uh, We love hearing from you guys and you reaching out. Now, today, the subject is stress and how it affects your body and health. A big topic for so many people, especially given 2020 uh, has been a disastrous year on many, many fronts for many, many people. certainly been the worst one in my life. Um, So we're going to talk about how to deal with stress how to recognize the signs and symptoms of when you're getting overstressed, how to, um, yeah, just manage your physiology so that you can get the best out of your life without tipping yourself over the edge. So, Neil, over to you. What is stress all about? (laughs) Uh, uh, Firstly, it is a normal part of life. It is definitely a normal part of life, and it can be good. It's often given a very negative, negative sort of press, and people see it as a negative thing. Um, it can be that, definitely, but it's also something we need in our daily life and something we want. You and I, you know, personally, we thrive off it and love having things to do, love being busy and, and love getting things done. So that, that's good. So some of the good stresses that people be aware of when just understanding that they're putting them into that stress category is these things all have an impact on our body and can put load on it. And therefore, if they're putting load on it, they can inc- cause inflammation and effectively cause, cause stress of some sort. 
So exercise is a stress, and it's a very good stress if it's used in the right amount. Okay, it can also dosage. be a bad stress. Yeah, exactly. It's the right, the right <laughs> dosage. Food can be um, a stress, and it puts a load on our body. And again, use well. It's a good one. Work again, manage well with good balance. It's a great stress to have, and we all should enjoy doing it. Uh, mental challenge can be a good stress. You like being pushed to um, our limits, and you're definitely a great example of, like, of someone who loves pushing the limits least. Yep. So it's um, <laughs> mentally it's a good thing and physically. Yep. Uh, new environments, new experiences, they're all great stresses that you can put on your body. General ones on the bad list would be things like poor sleep, um, lack of exercise, social stress, uh, prolonged challenge, the stuff that goes on for too long without rest and recovery, and then s- significant physical or, um, or mental trauma as well. Now, if you manage those as two, two buckets, we often talk about the, the bucket of stress, and we've, you would have heard us discuss that on previous podcasts as well. But these things, if they're thrown in the bucket and the bucket gets too full too quickly, then some things on the good list can actually be the, the things that actually um, cause the overflow and cause too much stress. Yep. But manage well and manage you know, those lists well, and you're going to be in a position that is part of normal life. It should be good. Um, stress needs to be there. The key thing is that you've got balance with it, and that's what we'll go on to talk about a little bit more, a little bit more today. Yeah. So I think, like you know, things like exercise, people don't often recognise as, as a stress, um, and uh, it can be added into that same bucket. And we have talked about that principle before on the show, where you know that can be the stressor that tips it over if you've already got a very full bucket. So even though uh, you think, oh, you know, doing my training today is a good thing, it is, if your body's ready for it, for example, and if you've had a lack of sleep and a lack of, you know, um, social interactions and your food was crappy, then that that extra stress of that exercise or doing it too hard on that day might not be a good thing. So it's about balancing it and it's about recognising when your body is in a state of, you know, excessive stress. So now we're going to talk about the Goldilocks principle. And I love the Goldilocks principle. It's pretty much in a, in a, um, a metaphor for everything in life. The more I study biology and chemistry, the more I start to understand that everything in the entire world is all about the Goldilocks principle. Not too hot, not too cold, not too much, not too little, just getting it right. So how do we get it right? And what is the Goldilocks principle in regards to stress, Neil? So it's uh, it is so true, Lisa. It is it's so it's so appropriate to so many aspects of life. It, um, it really is. So one of the examples we often use is, which is quite a, an easy easy way to look at it is looking at it from a training perspective, and especially mm. from my background, that's what I understand well. So when someone goes through a training um, program or an exercise program, goes to regular exercise classes, you're going to want to create a training stimulus in the body. So you want to create a um, effect, put the body under load. So you're going to cause some stress. It's going to break it down. So you'll get um, you'll get a response. And it comes after a period of time, and it could be sort of that four to six week period, where you then start to get some 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 great results. Otherwise, what's known as super compensation, where your body compensates and responds really well. Mm. Now, the reason it does that is because you put the right load on it. So you put the right amount of stress from an exercise point of view, therefore you're going to get the, the nice result at the other side. Now, if we do put too much or sorry, too little uh, stimulus on the body, then the result's going to be smaller and we won't have such a great, um, a great result at the other side in four to six weeks time. If we put too much stimulus on, which we see a lot of people doing in, in, in our mm. work and not enough recovery, then you don't get any result at all. Now, stress yep. works in a, in a similar way. And what we're looking at in this example is we want to put stress as in the exercise load on our body to get the result. 
But in our daily life, um, should be a similar process. The amount of load we put on our body each day should be enough that we get a great result out the other end. Now we had um, um, Lisa and I were away um, doing a court presentation about a week or so ago, mm-hmm. and we had a great discussion there with one of the one of the team we were working with. And he gave the example of in sport, like I've just given, you've got the chance to recover. Now, in business and daily life, you don't often get the chance to recover. Yeah. So you have this period which becomes longer and longer and longer where you're putting yourself under excessive load to get a result, but you miss that super compensation because the amount of load you're putting on means there's no recovery and then means that the, the result, you get it, but you get it at such a hard push that after um, a long period of time, you end up burning out. And that's what we want to avoid. So this is why it's important to remember that in daily life and business, you need the recovery aspect in there. It should be like a training program. Yeah, and this is this is that was a really good example last week. You know, high end executives really pushing the the limits in a business point of view, and and doing that day in day out, year in year out, and leading that leading to problems. And and this is a you know a societal problem <laughs> where we're all under the pump all the time, or a lot of us are, and, and that does lead. And it's it's trying to then manage your physiology so that you because our physiology is 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 still old and the fact that it's ancient our our dna hasn't necessarily evolved to our current lifestyle and so you know trying to manage this as best we can to get the best results now talk about super compensation i did a you know really hard crossfit workout yesterday and i've got very sore ass cheeks today (laughs) so what i'm not going to go and smash myself again today and that because I want that super compensation. The fact that I have sore muscles, sore glutes, um, and sore legs means that I caused a training stimulus. So right now my body is weaker and I need to give it a bit of recovery. And recovery might mean doing a bit of yoga today and a gentle walk and maybe a, a light jog, but it doesn't mean going and smashing myself again today because that will likely lead to uh, a negative adaptation. And I want to get the most out of that painful workout yesterday so I know to back off a little bit today. And that's what whole training plans are about, getting that combination right and that periodization right for your particular goal and that's what you know we do like it with running hot with all our athletes that we're training is periodization so that they peak at the right time and they get the most super compensation and not the negative adaptations that can happen when you start to go into that overtraining and and it's quite counterintuitive isn't it because as athletes you just want to go hard and go hard again the next day and then go home you've had a sleep you've had some food you should be good to go again but you do need that recovery time both on a 24-hourly basis as on a monthly basis as on a yearly basis so we're going to talk a little bit about that as we go through the session about these are these are micro and macro cycles we're talking about so let's talk a little bit about that and um you know what it is um to get this just right and and how important um the accumulation of stress uh can can lead to your downfall and why resilience is really found in rest so um what are some of the symptoms for somebody either as an athlete or as a corporate athlete or someone who's got three kids and 
two day jobs. What are some of the signs that that stress is starting to take a toll on themselves, on their physiology, and on their their psychology as well? Well, from a mental health point of view, this we've got um, if people are under too much load and too much stress, this is where the depression will start to come in, anxiety, anger, um, and those feelings. The the risk of chronic disease goes through the roof. So that just jumps up, jumps up massively and puts more load on the body. And then the immune system just starts to drop as well because there's that additional load because there's no, there's no rest on the body. On the flip side, if you've got the balance just right, so we're, we're talking about that super compensation, you're getting the balance right, so you're getting that result, then you're going to feel calm. You're going to feel more proactive. Um, there'll be lots of growth and recovery. And from a health point of view, your health is optimized and your immune system strong. Now, it's a lot of us, um, a lot of people we're speaking to are in the trap of going hard, going hard, going hard, going hard. And then we get those feelings of anxiety, anger, depression, uh, more disease issues. Um, as we work through people's bloods with them, we're seeing higher risk of disease when we're looking at bloods now than yeah. we have done in the past, yeah. um, which has a bigger impact, obviously, on the immune system and future chronic disease as well. So it's, it's taken, and those of you listening, you will have found those times in your life where you, you you felt that productivity was good, you felt calm, there was good growth, and you feel on point. I guarantee you when you look at those times, you'd have had good balance and you've had enough rest and recovery in the day, in the week, the month, the year, to mean that you're getting those benefits that you should from a stress management point of view. And some of you listening as well will have experienced the others, and most of us um, I know Lisa and I have at some at different points in our life where you experience the the anxiety, the anger, because you've got the balance wrong, yep. and that's that's an easy easy is the wrong word to use, but once you understand it, it is an easy fix to make. Yeah, it's just understanding the how to make the fix so you get the resilience. And as you said earlier, Lisa, from the exercise example, it's counterintuitive because the resilience is found in rest, but society will say to us that resilience is found in pushing harder, and pushing harder, and doing and more, more. <laughs> and doing more and doing more, but yeah. it's found in rest. And that's where, you know, a lot of the happy feelings and emotions are found as well is by taking time out, time to reflect, time to show gratitude and um, to allow you to move forward. And yeah. at the end of the day, it's in, you've used this example recently as well. If you haven't got your health, you haven't really You've got, got a whole nothing. Lot. So, <laughs> you have zero. Exactly. So you, you need it. Yeah, and I think, you know, like um, that depression, anxiety, and anger part of the puzzle. So these are all your neurotransmitters that are at play here. So your dopamine, your GABA, your uh, serotonin, uh, your adrenaline, your cortisol, all of these things that are actual chemical things in your body causing you to feel a certain way. So when you when you see yourself, and I mean, this is, this is definitely talking to me here, when I see myself getting irritable and angry and snapping and uh, being anxious about the future, then I know, whoop, hang on, and, and Neil will say to me or my husband will say to me, hey, you're, you're getting out of control again. And I'm like, well, okay, I need to take more time out. And just sometimes like, you know, um, taking a couple of hours out for yourself is not being selfish. And I really, really struggle with this one because it's for me, it's like a guilt, but I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And I've got a billion things on my to-do list. And so I hear the people when they say, but I haven't got time for that. And it's like, yes, but do you want to be an asshole to your friends and family? You know, like <laughs> if we get down to it, that's what happens and depressed and miserable and losing the joy of life. When you don't have enough GABA, 
which is a, a, one of your, your neurotransmitters and you don't have enough serotonin in your body, that's what you're going to feel. You're going to have a, a lose the love for life. You're going to lose the love for your passions, that your hobbies, you're going to like not be interested in them anymore. You're not going to have that dopamine hit where you like want to get up and go and you're motivated to drive towards something. So when you feel that those neurotransmitters are off by just backing off the, the accelerator pedal, having some time out to do some health and self-care. Like I love getting into a sauna or going for a, a walk, you know, and or or doing some stretching or doing some meditation or breath work for me is 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 huge. Um, all of these things help me manage my emotional state and help my body recover. And we often think that I've just got to get over it and um, I'll have a good sleep tonight and I'll be good. But if you're not giving your body the right ingredients, the right nutrients, the right time out and play, then you're not going to have that right combination of neurotransmitters running around in your body. And you, no matter how much willpower you have, you're probably not going to have a positive outlook on life. And, and it's something I've really had to learn the hard way. And um, now, you know, um, after going through a very stressful few months that I've been through, we're losing my dad, uh, I've had to prioritise just doing something I love. And for me, that might be, you know, I'm into painting at the moment, following in my dad's footsteps. And that gives me joy. And finding joy in something is a real key to my mental balance. So I'm not being selfish when I take half an hour to paint a picture. I'm not being selfish. I'm being sensible and I'm looking after my own health and therefore the health of my loved ones. And that is a one, you know, that does have an effect on our on our people around us. And none of us want to be that horrible person that's grumpy all the time. You know, it's not much fun. So perfect, Lucy. No, it's a great, great examples. And I think as well as, as people are listening is understanding that what is works for you won't necessarily work for everyone and vice versa. So it's finding your thing. And your your rest and relaxation, self care, it's going to be different for each person. Mm. And if you try things and they're not working for you, or resonating with you, then try something else. Because once you find your sweet spot, like you described the painting, yep. then you'll find those feelings. So yep. it's it's I wouldn't necessarily get it from painting, um, just because I can't paint. <laughs> well, neither but can I. There's, but there's, there's, other, there's other things that um, I definitely get it from. So it's understanding yeah. that you find what's your um, what's your sweet spot and what's going to have that impact on your body. Because once you understand that, then it becomes a lot easier to do. And don't think you're being selfish because you're doing it. That's the, the real key message. And trying to prioritize this because it's like with the the corporate executives last week. I you know you, you have to perform, yes, but underpinning your performance is health. So if you don't have health, it shouldn't be something that you optionally do on the side as one of the things you get around to. It underpins everything. So this is part of your health regime, your, your practice. And if you, if you see health and looking after yourself, and that, that's nutrition, that's fitness, that's all of those things. If you see that as the foundation of which to build your house, that's a different approach than to seeing it as a pillar on the side that you, you'll get around to that you never do get around to. For Neil and I, it is fundamental. It is our priority. It is also our business in our case. 
and we can't be good examples to you guys if if we're not you know performing the best that we can and looking after ourselves and and you know just reprioritizing having those conversations in your own head is about it's not being selfish this is being sensible so now we're going to talk a little bit about the stress curves and the phases that you go through um, from good health and homeostasis right through the exhaustion stage. Neil, can you explain the, this this concept a little bit? Yeah, so if we look at there's different stages as we go through the um, through the stress curve. So if we're looking at homeostasis, as you saying, good health, this is when the body's in balance and it's stable and isn't being pushed. There's no stress on it. And um, we've got inner calm and there's nothing that changes, the, the, you know, changing in the environment. So that'd be a nice place to be all the time. But most of us would get bored quite quickly and, <laughs> and wouldn't generally get anything done. So a good space to be for your body. But it's um, that's the that's the sweet spot. So we want to spend some time in that. And we want to spend ideally some time in that each day, each week, each month, each year. So we manage those peaks and troughs. The alarm stage, um, which comes next, is is where we start thinking and ridding ourselves for the for the future. So this is where we've got heightened awareness, um, increased speed of thinking, higher attention, um, and generally a higher state of state of arousal. Nothing's happening yet, but we're readying ourselves for this. So this, in mine and Lisa's example, could be getting ready for a for a, a, a marathon or a race or a running event. It could be getting ready for a big um, a big meeting or big presentation where you're preparing yourself for it. You've been going through the process. Your body starts to Blood pressure will go up, heart rate will go up. You get a physiological response going on in your body to prepare yourself to what's to come. Now, that's healthy if you're not in it all the time. Okay, so that's healthy. It's good if you're not in it all the time. We want to be able to ready ourselves for that. Where we're seeing quite a lot of problems at the moment is people aren't coming out of this. Mm. They're always on. They're always switched on. They're, 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 They're lively. They're always twitchy and ready to go. And if you don't come out of that, then your body's not going to have the chance to recover and you're going to start to get, from a physiological point of view, those stress hormones flying through your body at a great speed and that's what starts to put more um, uh, problems on the body, um, problems with health, and that's where we see more issues with chronic disease and where we see um, the bigger issues in those feelings of anger, anxiety, depression and mental health. Mental health. I mean, I've got a, you know, like an example there with, you know, just being uh, open about my life with, with going through the drama with my dad and losing him and being in that alarm phase where we're fighting for his life for a couple of weeks in hospital and going hard out, hard out in that absolute uh you know i was in the alarm stage and then the next stage which is the resistance stage where you're actually in the doing and now to we lost the battle in that case and now the the anxiety that comes with being in that state for a, a few months means that my body needs a massive amount of recovery right now. It doesn't need to be smashed and smashed with really high-intensity workouts constantly, and I'm slowly rebuilding, but it's the understanding that that's had a trauma on your life, and that has led to a, a very bad state of affairs as far as all your exhaustion or your your stress hormones are concerned. And if I don't do something about that now, what that could lead to is real big health issues. And I saw this when I went through it with my mum four and a half years ago with her journey. Uh, I went hard out for the first 10, 11 months, like to the point of like absolutely blowing myself to pieces. And I had to because she needed that. 
but then my body shut down and then I was in and out of hospital and I was in shit creek basically for the next year because my body was in that exhaustion stage, which is what we're going to talk about next. And so it's understanding like, you know, just as that's an example out of my life, but just we are going in and out of these stages on a, on a daily basis, but also on a weekly basis and on a, on a, on a monthly and yearly basis. So we've just talked about the alarm stage where you're ready for action but nothing's actually happened yet, so you're all anticipating. And then you're in the actual resistance stage, which is the doing part of putting stress on your body. So you're taking action and you're making your body adjust and cope with the environment and you're in the fight, you're using the fuel, and your body is resisting the stress. So this could be doing a workout. It could be you know situations like I was in. This is where you're going underslept maybe. You're tired. You're pushing through. Your stress hormones are very, very high. And this is a stage uh, you can also get really stuck in, isn't it, Neil? Yeah, and spending too long here as well, where a good example where we, we see too many people doing it is, and I was having this conversation with someone today, is just not getting enough sleep. Yeah. So going under sleep. We've all done it where we've been, you know, had a, a deadline at work or lots going on, but too many people are pushing it further and further and further now. So even though you're tired, you push through using your stress hormones to stay on it. And there comes a point where your body will just stop producing the stress hormones as it should. And then you're really into the exhaustion phase. And that's when you start to get the, the risk of the, um, the chronic disease. Um, and the other, the other feelings that we talked about of anxiety, depression, and, and um, that, yeah, that, that mental health side of things. There's a reason why chronic disease is just going up exponentially in, in society today. I mean, that and toxins and environment and all that sort of jazz and food chains. But one of the big problems is this chronic state of exhaustion all the time, I think. So that yeah, actually you add to, your, to, yeah. to your point as well, Lisa, you then add the other things in it, like poor food. Yeah. You then add um, pollution, you add um, toxins and we've got around Heavy this. metals. All of those yeah. things have all increased. And they've increased um, massively over over previous years, and we're looking after our bodies um, less than we ever have done. So now we're in a position that they add those other things on top, and all of a sudden the load just comes more and more and more. So it's been aware as well of where your stress is coming from, like we spoke about at the start. It could be that simply by changing your eating habits or the time of day you're eating. Um, and what you're eating, when you're eating, all of a sudden that actually takes load off your body. So you manage your work a whole lot more effectively. Yeah. Sometimes the answer isn't actually just addressing what's under your nose and addressing your work. It could be addressing your food, your movement, how you're looking after your mind and all those things that then will change your perception of work totally so you can manage it um, a whole lot more effectively. Yep, absolutely. So the last stage that we wanted to talk about is going into the exhaustion stage, which is what we're just explaining there, where you're absolutely being on the go for God knows how many weeks, months, years, and your body is starting to shut down. And this is where you are starting to get chronic problems um, and serious ones. And this is the, this is the phase you don't want to get into because this is where you're going to be sat on your ass, whether you like it or not, where you know your health's going to go down, like mine did. Um, and you will be forced to take a break. But it, we want to prevent that whenever possible. I mean, sometimes life is just going to throw a, a curveball at you. But if you understand this process, then you can perhaps stop getting to that exhaustion stage and understand that those those stress hormones, I think most people think, you know, stress, I've heard stress is bad for me, but how is it bad for me? 
Well, if we just go back, uh, and, we, and I've, I have talked about this a couple of times, but your parasympathetic and your sympathetic nervous systems, you've got these two systems, your rest and recovery and your, your sort of go, go, go state of affairs, and that's your, your sympathetic. And most of us are sympathetic dominant. We're not having enough time for that rest and recovery, and our ancient biology is just really not keeping up. And when you are in that fight-or-flight state, and you've got lots of cortisol, and you've got lots of adrenaline, you are taking energy away from your immune system. You are taking energy away from your digestive system. You're taking uh, blood flow away from different parts of your brain, so you're not unable to make good decisions. You're unable to digest your food, and then you affect your absorption, and that can affect your thyroid, and that can affect your uh, your, your your immune system, and, and on and on it goes. So this is how stress actually has a physical effect on the body. It's not just a mental thing. I think people think often it's just a uh, it's just a mental. I'm under stress, so it's a mental thing. No, it's very much a physical reaction of the body about where the body is putting the resources. You have a limited, finite amount of money in the bank or energy in the body, and the body is going to prioritize the areas that are most important. So if it thinks that you're running away from the lion, it's going to put all the energy into making stress hormones, to making sure your, your blood is in your muscles so that you can run and you can fight. It's not going to be in uh, uh, helping your immune system repair. It's not going to be in fighting infection. It's not going to be digesting. And this is where the resources are being put. So it's like you spending all the money that you earn from your job in, in one particular area of your life and not paying the mortgage. That's what's happening. And you need to be paying that mortgage, otherwise you're going to lose the house. <laughs> that's a really good analogy, actually, isn't it, Neil? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great comparison. And it brings us back to where we were talking about at the start, is it's, it's where you're allocating your time to, and that example where you're allocating your money to. But if you're allocating all of your funds or your time to one particular area, then something else is going to, is going to suffer. Gonna gonna crash. We like to think we're superheroes, and Neil very very close to being a superhero, but uh, we're not really. <laughs> You're not really bulletproof. <laughs> Don't spoil it for me. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit of one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for your kids. <laughs> so it's uh, an understanding as well that these 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 different phases that we've just been talking about. You can go through these levels in one day, which is what we call a microcycle, or you can over a longer period of time, months, years go through them as a macro cycle so a bigger a bigger cycle so we've talked about what happens if we stay in these phases each of these phases too long and lisa's given some real good examples of um, from her life as, as what does actually happen from a mental and a physical point of view as well so the fact that you can go through them each day the exciting thing about that is, is you can put yourself in a position that you can control them each day so it might feel like it's a big mountain to climb and you've got to do a lot before you can get a grip of it, but you can actually make some quite significant, easy changes um, each day to mean that you can start going in and out of these. And sometimes just little micro rests, small rests, small windows of opportunity where you actually can switch off the body, switch off the mind. Um, and again, different, um, different things will work for different people. But once you find your thing, start in doing more of it because this will get you longer results in work, family, 
and um, and sport as well. It applies to every aspect of the every aspect of the the um, the, the puzzle. We we talk a lot as well um, with getting people become more aware of themselves. So when we we talk about awareness, we we look at the load it's going to put on on uh, on people's body. And mm-hmm. I know that this has made a big difference to us, hasn't it? At least just with yeah. increasing our awareness um around around stress and our own personal wellness and as as we've increased that it's made a big difference to what we're doing and generally we've seen those with lower awareness will generally tend to um, externalize their problems more um, lose control more the factors influence, influencing their mood and life and often will blame others more it'd yeah. be someone else's fault someone else's problem the greater awareness is um you'll we're more likely to take ownership of our problems, more likely to deal with them, control our mood, our health, and how we look at the world. So it, it puts us in a much better position. Generally, as well, we've seen that is awareness will increase with age, although this isn't always not the case. Always. Not always. always <laughs> the case. And um, it increases with experience. So as we've dug deeper into the science of what we do, how we do it, it's definitely increased our awareness to the point that as we've experienced more things, coach more people through these things, um, our perspectives changed and and as well the, the way we we self-reflect and that's all led to lower levels of stress because we've now got a better understanding of what's going on why it's going on and what load it's having on our body so we can do something about it and we can look after each other better you know just as a, as business partners great we can, point you know point, yeah. it, it's really important for corporate teams or, or or sports teams to start recognizing signs in others and if you are more aware than the other person is then you can help them more and that is your responsibility then to to be aware of other people and, and, and their needs around you so that you can actually preempt things from from spiraling out of control and 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 support each other a little bit better and you know back off when things are getting tough for somebody and and push a bit harder when someone needs to kick up the jacksy you know so it's it's all about um, helping others and being more aware. So if you if you if you find yourself blaming everybody else for the situation, then you're probably not very aware of of things that are going on because you're just externalizing. If you if you're moaning a lot, you know, oh well, this is shit and that shit and my boss is this and my things that, uh, then you might want to have a look at at way that you're actually processing things and understanding things and take more ownership. Um, I give, I'll give you an example of this um, with, with some of the people that come for, to us for health, uh, you know, uh, problems and health consulting and health optimization. I can sort of pretty much tell in the first 10 minutes, whether this person is taking ownership of their situation or whether they're just blaming everybody else and they're angry about it, but they want a magic bullet. And the ones who want an instant fix and are blaming everyone else and not taking ownership over the situation are very difficult to work with from a coaching perspective and also very unlikely to get great results and will likely blame you in six weeks' time because they didn't get the results. And they will go through 10 coaches and they'll go through 20 coaches and they will still have no results at the end of it. And it's not necessarily the coach's problems or the the health professional problem it is often the fact that they are not taking ownership about the things that they can take ownership on in educating themselves and working on it um, so you, you can start to work on pieces of the puzzle you, you you may have a big health issue for example and you know we work with some people with some pretty serious freaking health issues and when 
you can work on a piece of it today and this piece of it, and we can work like a detective and we can work through problems. You don't have to tackle the whole thing at once, but it's being more aware. Am I a person who goes through life blaming everybody else, blaming the system, blaming that, or am I someone who does something about it, takes ownership, starts to make change in your own life and affect what you can um, as well as trying to influence the world around you? Does it make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense, Lucy. It really does. And it's a great, um, great takeaway for the listeners as well is just to ask yourself that question, where am I at from a safe self-awareness um, perspective with, with regards to my, my own personal wellness? Yeah. And you can, you can use those examples you just went through there to put a, put a scale on it. Right, we've got a great list, list of questions, Lisa, that we can start to get the listeners to use to increase their, um, their awareness around their own stress. The thing we wanted to point out as well as we start to wrap things up is that everyone will respond to stress in a different way. So therefore, the way we respond to stress is going to be different. So therefore, the way we manage it is going to be different as well. So as you're going through these questions, don't, there's no right answer. There's no correct answer. It's an answer that is, should be individual to you and should be personal to you. So ask the question, what is the stress, that, the biggest stress you've got at the moment? And how is it expressing? What is the stress you, you're, you're expressing in your body? Number two, what normally causes stress for your body? So you'll be very aware how your body reacts and feels in different situations. So take time to listen to what it's saying, where you feel stress increasing. If you feel your anxiety levels climb, if you feel your, your body tensing, if you start to get signs and symptoms, and again, it's going to be different for everybody, then take note of them and do something about them. We work with so many people that get the signs and symptoms, but don't take note of them and don't do anything about them. How's the stress showing up? Is it coming in certain environments? Is it around certain people? Is it around certain conversations? So again, ask that question. When is it showing up? When is it arriving? Can you change anything there to make sure it doesn't show up? Um, What can be done immediately to alleviate the feeling um, and to support your biology? You made the great reference um, earlier in the the conversation about painting and what what that does for you. For me, going and moving, and and I know this works for you as well, Lisa, but going and... um, and moving, getting something going rhythmical is great for my mind. That could be walking, swimming, running, cycling. It doesn't have to be anything high intensity, but just movement helps massively. Rhythmical movement will help calm my body and calm my mind. Um, what can those around you do to support you? Now, in, as, as we've been through our, our career as, um, as, as coach and athlete and now in business, we're very aware of how we can support each other. But that's taken time to have the conversations, um, work through it and talk to each other about it. I know you do it with Hazley and I do it with my, my wife, Sam. Once you understand those things and we've set it up with the people we work with around us as well, it makes a massive difference. If people understand how to support you and are aware that there's different, um, different ways that different people are going to get stressed, what stresses you is going to be different for me. So if I don't take the time to understand that, I'm going to be going through thinking, ah, it doesn't worry me. It's not going to worry Lisa. And that work in, in both directions. Um, number six, what can I do to manage my stress response better? So again, just asking the question will increase awareness. The fact that we're drawing attention to it increases awareness, which means we're more likely to do, to do something about it. And then finally, what are the long-term strategies that I can implement to lower my, my residual stress? So once I work out the answers to the previous questions, then what can I do long-term? And it could be as simple as we're big fans, as we always say, what's the low-hanging fruit? Yep. Is it as simple now that I go to question five and go, right, what can others do to support me? I'm going to make those around me, my family, my friends, my close work colleagues, I'm going to make them aware of what's causing me stress. 
so that they can help me and pull me up like we do with each other. We'll mm-hmm. often pull each other up and go, right, this is clearly getting a bit much. Let's, let's go in this direction or do this differently or you give me time to do things and process things because you know that helps keep me keep me calm. And when you're going fast and hard, I say, well, time to slow down. It's great, <laughs> but you're getting too excited. Let's, let's come back. And that works for us. Yep. So increasing awareness really does help get, get results rather than just accepting that I'm going to carry on with the back pain I'm going to carry on with the information in my body. I'm going to carry on with the upset stomach and not connect them back to something external is causing it. That's a a really good one because, you know, like I I had a conversation with someone today and they've got, you know, repeated inflammation in the body, repeated pains in the neck, and they're not connecting the dots. They connected one dot today that I went, aha, finally it's starting, you know, something's starting to drop. Uh, and, and, you know, when you are having pains every which way in the body, everyone, you know, your initial thing is to go, well, I've tweaked my back instead of going, hang on, why am I having ongoing injuries or, or why am I having a stack of things happening to me or why am I getting pains here and then I'm getting pains there? There's something underlying going on. And what we're saying is that often that underlying thing is an inflammatory response and is related to stress very often you'll find a component at least of stress and that can you know as we said can be from a food stress a toxin stress a a psychological stress a a lack of movement stress lack of sleep dehydration but these are all forms of stress and so um, understanding what is the trigger and uh, trying to connect the dots. And this is where that self-awareness is. And then using these simple tools that we've been talking about on this podcast and other podcasts that we've done, the breath work stuff, the meditation stuff, the, the, the movement stuff, the, the routines, the habits, the healthy habits that you develop over time and you start to stack one on another. And these little things that help you manage your biology and help you manage your uh, dopamine levels and your, your serotonin, all your good neurotransmitters, you know, and your hormones and all these things. And it is about tweak, 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 tweak until your life starts to look better, feel better, and be better. And, and then it will be a constant thing. It's not like you're going to do this once and you're good to go. You know, Neil and I have a whole lot of tools in our kit that we can pull out in times of stress to help us get through. However, we're still going to have times when we tip out of balance and then we need each other and our family members and other my friends to keep put us back into balance again and just make us aware. You know, it's not a one and done thing. It's a constant tweaking, learning, growing process about, you know, and trying to keep yourself in a good a good state, both physically and mentally. You know, and I think I this find is more and more ongoing. these days, Lisa, I'm um I'm asking people, it should be like with some of these things that you do to look after your body, it should be like brushing your teeth. Oh, yeah. After the last people I'm working with one-on-one, I say, right, have you, have you brushed your teeth today? And they now know what I mean. I've asked two or three people already today, have you brushed your teeth? And what I meant was, <laughs> have you done your mobility work? Have you done your breathing work? And what's right for their biology? Have you been out and spent time in nature? And uh, I might get responses like that, a response now, they're actually a bit fluffy today. I haven't yeah. brushed them as regularly as I should. <laughs> but we do those things every day. And you talk about the habit stacking. It's exactly that. It's if you can brush your teeth every day, then you can do the other things that will control and maximize your health. And then do them as well. They're simple little things. We don't think twice about brushing our teeth. So let's start putting some other things in practice that, um, that do that. Crucial yep. awareness. You don't want yep. dirty teeth. 
No, and, and, and we do, yeah, we, we, it, it, we, we think we have to have the most expensive piece of equipment or the, the best supplement or the, the, the greatest course. Or, actually, if we just did the basics right, often that will give us a good foundation. Yeah, we can get fancy, fancy stuff later and get, get more into it if you want to really tweak your biology, which we love doing and testing and trialing and experimenting, but just getting those basics right. And um, yeah, making it the underlying underpinning philosophy of your whole life, that health has to be at the core of it. Health and, and, and you know, looking after yourself has to be at the core of it, it and, and that it isn't being selfish. Again, I had someone else today, very stressful life, lot going on, I'm telling them the same thing week in, week out. They're coming back with this problem and that problem that they're not hearing what's going on and they're not willing to invest in the right things or to buy the right foods or to sit down and actually go through the process of actually making the small changes because it's they want the quick answer. And there is no, you have to look after yourself. And they also don't prioritize themselves. Everybody else comes before them. And therefore, they are going to be unhealthy ongoing until they can come to that point of self-awareness. But they have to be doing these small changes and getting the micronutrients in and uh, avoiding certain things and changing just little behaviors so that they can actually be a good father, a good husband, a good wife, a good friend, a good colleague, whatever the case may be, you know, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first before you help somebody else. It's not being selfish. So I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up for today, isn't it, Neil? I agreed. Agreed. It was always good chatting, mate. Good chatting. Good chatting. And if you um, enjoyed this, please let us know. Um, we'd love to get, you know, here you know, what you thought about the, the, the shows that we're putting out, the information that we're putting out. We love to get comments and feedbacks. Of course, rating and reviews are always appreciated. Uh, but just, yeah, if it's helped you, let us know. If you want more information, of course, we'd love to work with you. Uh, reach out to us. We, we have our epigenetics program, which is all about understanding your genes and, and how they uh, interact with the environment and how to optimize and, uh, you know, getting rid of trial and error and knowing what to do for your body then we also have our online run training programs of course which we love training athletes going and doing amazing things all around the place again all you know a holistic approach to everything that we do um so reach out to us uh support at lisatarmity.com we'll find both neil and i and thanks for listening today we really appreciate your time and attention any last comments there mate no all put, it's good as i said good chatting and we're looking forward to having another conversation soon Right, I'm going to go and do some movement in nature. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, and we'll see, we'll see you next week, everybody. That's it this week for Pushing the Limits. Be sure to rate, review and share with your friends. And head over and visit Lisa and her team at lisatarmaty.com.